Tim, season three, episode 27 of Stats Don't Matter. NFL regular season OVA over. Playoffs are here. Playoffs! In our cups this week, we're doing a double shot. Barrel-aged porter with Mexican vanilla from Portland, Maine. Shout out, best brothers. Follow us on Instagram at Stats Don't Matter and Twitter at Stats Podcast. All things beer and sports. Find Stats Don't Matter wherever you get your podcast. Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Music, on the World Wide Web. And, um iPod touches with the with the little little screens from back in the day where you where you move the circle around and it clicks. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's it going to happen music, so you might be able to make it happen. All right, Tim, let's get into the show. <laughs> let's go. It'll be a good one. Yeah. Um. Every year, like I, like I mentioned, now mm-hmm. I, I just happen to be fortunate, and I always get some of this. Angels with filthy souls, barrel aged maple porter. And this year, Bissell just decided to just go crazy. There's all these variants. There's a barrel select one, which has been barrel aged up to 28 months. There was a coffee and cinnamon one, which was fucking fire. There's the regular 2022 version, which obviously stands up on its own. Uh, and then they got this little bad Larry right here. This is the Mexican vanilla kind. And I, I happen to have a couple. Shout out to Jamie. So, um, yeah, I figured we'd, we'd spread the love and kind of do a double what's in my cup here. Obviously. Uh, you know, for legal purposes, the beer has tra- transverse legally. That's all I'll say. But I, I, um, actually, actually fun, funny enough, uh, I just happened to look that up and I googled it the other day. Uh, I think you are. I think we're actually legally allowed to send beer via mail now. Like if you Google, can I send beer to my buddy? The <laughs> overall general consensus is, yep. Here are the rules and regulations that you have to follow in order to do so. So I think and it might I actually be beer like to a friend legal in state now. is the second is the second thing that comes up. Um now I don't necessarily I haven't vetted all of these websites to understand. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with no on that one. Um first you can ship through USPS if it's between a federal or state agencies with an official purpose for the drink. What? What the fuck is this? Uh wow, this this is something. Sending alcohol by mail is legal in most areas, but not all. Mm-hmm. The basic rules are you must tell the carrier the shipment has alcohol, usually by putting a label on the outside. You must pay an alcohol package fee. You must get an adult signature. Yeah. No, we're not. We're just gonna go right by those rules. Everyone knows the rules. <laughs> uh you have to meet the regulations in both states. Yeah. So like in, in, interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I mean, no one's going to learn, um, but I think once the mail, once the beer is, because I always wondered how you never hear about people's beer getting, uh, like taken very often. Someone might run it through, someone might run it through an X-ray, see it, and then decide to take that beer home with them, and then you just assume that you're not allowed to have it. But I've had bottles of whiskey and beer <laughs> shipped to me that broke. In shipping, and they still delivered the broken box to me with a and label you, being you, like, you, you know, if you get one of those like that, because it reeks. It'll get wrapped in a plastic bag. No, like don't, you don't, get it with a note. They, it comes in like on, a plastic bag. Don't, don't give don't give away the, the secrets of the game. Beer store, beer store guy here doing work. That's this what we'll say about that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Did you get into it yet, by the way? I did. I'm, to... I'm trying, man. This thing is Fort the Fort Knox of beers. Oh, there we go. <clears throat> I got to tell you, uh, I'm not one to look a gift horse in the mouth. Uh, the beer store delivered quite the variety of beers. I was very excited. 
But that Oscar Blues beer that you put in there, that barley wine <laughs> with ginger, dude, it tastes like soy sauce and ginger mixed together. It was like two-thirds of the seasoning you're going to get on whatever Chinese food you're about to gobble up. It was it was not great. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think I, I think I thought something similar when I first tried it. It was, you know, I, look, it, this is your fault, Tim, because you, you give me that whole line, oh, it's soy stout season, so, you know, barrel-aged porters are not stouts, but they're kind of like stouts, so, you know, naturally, you know, being me, me, I'm like, all right, cool, that's what I'm going to do instead. Uh, and most of them don't hit, by the way. Most uh, of them don't hit at all. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm certain that you haven't had, the, like, IPAs back when you first tried IPAs. They just weren't, uh, they weren't, you hadn't found one yet that really hit the spot. Barley wines are the same way. The problem with barley wines is that they can really screw them up. And that is a prime example of how you screw one up. Uh, they took the base flavor, which was mediocre, and then they piled it with ginger. And not subtle ginger either. The thing was, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. <laughs> well, what was the uh, what was the name of the beer again? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I took a picture of it. It was. <laughs> uh, let's see. It was, it was Oscar Blues. This is trash, probably. No, that's not what it was. <laughs> it was like twenty twenty something. I uh, I uh, I had I had one of the other cans that you sent, and that was a lot better. Well, the Abby forget. Oh, which one? The um the lemon revolution. The revolution. The other oh, one yeah. of the other barley ones. Yeah. Yeah, them shits. Yep. Oh wait, this isn't even a this wasn't even a barley one. Twenty twenty barrel aged series imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with Madagascar vanilla beans and ginger. I tasted. No vanilla beans whatsoever. I just tasted soy sauce and fucking mounds of ginger. It was not awesome. Well, it, if you if you had to rate that one, what, what would you have given it? That, like, I I took two drinks and or two sips and poured the whole thing out. So like, oh, I actually uh, I actually uh, finished uh, the whole thing. Up. I give it a three ah. eight. So a three eight, Samuel. <laughs> I thought we figured this out. I thought we talked about this. Well, we're. We're, we're going to rectify this right now. Did you pour the beer yet, Mr. No, Come on now. Uh, hold on. Right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. I need someone hold to on, go back and listen through some of the podcasts that, we, that we've recorded where Sam has given a beer below a four and above a three. Because I don't know if you've given anything below a three yet. And I think you just told me a beer that tastes like soy sauce and ginger, you rated higher than I think you had like another half or something. Not that far back, a monkish that you gave like a three two. So you mean to tell me in your beer scale, soy sauce and ginger ranks higher than a like an okay IPA that you had? Um, I mean, yeah, because I mean I've drank look, I have thirty hold on. I have thirty six hundred check-ins on untapped. Over over two thousand of them are IPAs. So yeah, you know, I, when I get a bad IPA, I know what a bad IPA tastes like. This is the thing. I also had that beer December 14th, 2021, and you just had it last week in January of 23. So it probably wasn't, was it, you know, I thought the barrel age would save it. Clearly, there was not enough barrel aging in that thing. That and aging it was not great. I mean, that was, that was bad. I'm, I'm still blown away that you gave it an above average. An, an average has got to be like a two and a half. That's like a. No, your average is a two and a half. <laughs> on a scale of one through five. That is the average. That is the like middle Un of the pack. 
This is I'm, I'm insanity. I no longer trust your scale. <laughs> what, what's insanity is we, we have been prognosticating for almost 10 minutes here, and we have not hopped into the 2022 version of Angels with Filthy Souls. If you know anything about the beer, the backstory is it's the movie that is playing in Home Alone when Macaulay Culkin scares off the pizza delivery guy. Yep. And yet here we are, years later, and this is the fifth year that I've, I've, that I've gotten my hands on some. I'm very, very fortunate. Very appreciative of that shit. It always slaps. I'm going into this with an open mind. And you get a chance to go ahead. We're going to take a step at the same time. You give okay. your rating. Then I'll give mine. Ready? Three, two, one. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's really good. It's very smooth. Like, mouthfeel smooth. Without being too sweet. Maple porters, uh, are, well, maples in general can go one, you either don't taste it at all, or it's a little too overpowering. Porters could either be, like, super coffee heavy, or like that smoky porter flavor. This is a good blend of all of those. Yeah. I don't know what a Mexican vanilla is, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and breweries be doing this. They say, oh, we flew some vanilla from Tahiti. Great. Why? <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 why Why did you do that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're like, like with hops, it makes sense. Like, oh, this is Raquel hops, or um, we got these mosaic hops from the Pacific Northwest. Like, all that shit makes sense. Absolutely. You go to a different area. It's like, it's like um, wine. You go to different areas of the world to get different wines because the terroir makes it taste different. With vanilla? Not as I'm not a smart guy. I can't tell the difference between Tahitian vanilla, right. Indian vanilla, uh, soy sauce, and ginger vanilla. No, but <laughs> this is this is pretty good. I I do like how this one particularly has like a, and I don't know if this is because I've I've had a few of these now, but like it definitely does have like a coating kind of feeling to it, but not enough to stain the glass and then feel like you're drinking syrupy. Because I've been on a, I have been on a roll lately. Check mine tap with just like huge bourbon barrel stouts, and they're all super overpowering uh, for the most part, and and they're good, but they're like middle of the road good. Where I feel like this really shines is like if this was it, um, like a bourbon barrel stout, this would get lost. I think it it might kind of meld in with some of the other stuff, but you got a maple porter here, like you you're sticking to that. Like Bissell was like, now nah, this is a niche. We're gonna figure it out, and we're gonna occupy space. Now there are people who do like maple porters, but like. A porter is a nice, thinner beer, but it still has a full body, and that's what this thing has. It is. Yeah, although I think it's... Incredible. I think it's cheating a little bit by saying it's its own thing, because, I mean, stouts and porters can sometimes be interchangeable, depending on, like, the maker of the stout, right? Like, this, this still has, interesting enough, that Bissell Brothers flavor to it. Like, all of their beers, especially their stouts, Yeah, and I can't... I'm trying to I'm trying to put my finger on what it is, but all of their darker beers have like a somewhat similar first note and aftertaste to them. Like a lot of breweries are the same way. Like a lot of treehouse yeah. beers have the same aftertaste. If anybody's looking for a prime example of it and you're from Portland, go back to Gritties, have a couple of their beers, no matter which one you order. Easy, 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 easy in the shit talking here. No, no, He's no shit talking. Talk. They you, they all taste like they came from like a copper pot. Ah, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Be- yeah. Because of the process they make, no matter what style of beer you get, they all have that same hint of like copper to it. And some of it's probably like Freudian or, or just because you see <laughs> when you walk through the door, a copper. Uh, yeah, mash tun. Yep. Mash tun as soon as you go through that. So you might think to yourself, oh, that's where, where it's from. But <clears throat> the only way I can describe it, it has like a copper undertone to it, like a. A metallic kind of taste to every one of their beers, regardless of of what what style it is, and I think they all have it. Bissell has that, and you still get it out of this, even though it's like a porter, a porter, which tends to be a little on the darker side, supposed to be a little bit more bitter than a stout. It it tastes like a lighter porter with those vanilla. It's I've had, it's very good. I've had some better stouts of this style. Like barrel aged vanilla maple stouts, um, I think uh, barrel souls makes a really good one up that way. That I think is probably a touch better. It is still really really good. I do like it a lot. It's just not the best one I've had, even from Maine, let alone had in general. Uh, I think Cycle Brewing made made another one that was amazing out of Florida. Um, I yeah, think I happen to have a few of those sitting on ice at the moment. Uh, Trillium but, uh, had one not that long ago that was the same thing. Uh, that was phenomenal. Uh, it was right around when they were releasing like the Biscotti series. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a a four two. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and significantly skew this rating here because this is a four six out the gate. I've, and I and I have a I have the body of work to back it up. Check my untapped. I've been checking this bitch in since 2018. Okay, yeah. another one, another one. Yeah, but you got another one. You got you got to expand that horizon and try some of the same style beer from. Oh, I, from I've other had some other. I've had some other uh, barrel aged porters. If they like the beer uh, you Boulevard. sent me now, uh, like I said, <laughs> the, your Mister Three Point Eight. Right. Listen, listen, you listen. Give a drain Linda, pour Three Point Eight. Remember, I had it. I had it over a year ago. Anyways, okay. Yeah. Listen, big boozy beers, love them. You know what I don't really like lately? What? Get the dry January is a thing. Okay, I'm gonna get in my soapbox here for a little bit. Just follow yeah. me on this one, okay? Um, dry January, cool. Get it. The amount of fucking non-alcoholic beers littering the shelves right now has got to stop. Everyone is producing oh new dry hop, you know, non-alcoholic beer. Eh. Nope, stop. Just yeah. just don't don't do it. Don't make hop water unless it's Hop Tea from Hop Lark out of Colorado, because they they're, they do it right. They do incredible work. But all these breweries making non-alcoholic beer, ugh, just do not do it. And while we're talking about things that are non-alcoholic, let's talk about the college football playoffs and Oof. the snooze fest that was that championship game, because F-U-C-K-T-C-U, because you're the non-alcoholic beer of college football teams when you get on the big stage. You ain't been to the big dance in 128 years, and it fucking shows. Tim, God has a plan for everyone. TCU is not in God's plan. Shout out to Drake. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that was one of the worst games I've ever seen oh, in my life. Yeah. And I turned the game on after the first four touchdowns that already occurred. And I was like, this shit is over. It's absolutely over. And oh, yeah. They're like, well, 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 you know, I, it was like halftime at that point. They're like, well, we just got to, we got to stay composed. Stay composed. Golly. So two things I don't like, TCU and non-alcoholic beers, man. It's just not a good thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't mind the, I'm not going to hate on the alcoholic beers. It's everyone, you know, they're they're trying to help everybody, even those who, who don't drink. I've had some of the athletic brewing 
uh, non-alcoholic ones before. They're not bad. They good? Uh, uh, yeah, they're not. They're not bad. One one of them, I think, was in my garage and went hot, cold, hot, cold a little too much. It was not great. But it was like like uh, a ginger uh, yeah. barrel aged beer. <laughs> yeah, uh, a couple fresh, a couple that I had fresh were, were pretty good. They're like serviceable beers. It's like gluten free beers were garbage when Correct. they first came out, and now they've gotten. A little bit better. Do you need to saturate the market with those? Probably not. Same thing with Probably non-alcoholic not. beers. There's, there should be like a handful of breweries that sort of emerge with with uh, something serviceable. But I mean, look at the seltzer market now. When you walk into the seltzer, it used to be like truly uh, polar. Uh, what were some of the other ones? The high how, noon. How are we going to disrespect? And how then we there's like fucking forty eight. <laughs> how are we going to disrespect the OGs? Smirnoff. How are we going to not give? <laughs> Smirnoff original OG for loco. Um, well, those were those were malted beverages. Zimas. Those are, yeah, those weren't those weren't crafted as uh, those were marketed as seltzers. Those are Listen, craft beverages. All all these, not craft all these Gen Z folks, I, all these Gen Z folks not craft. non alcoholic beers and everything else. Yeah, man, we we crawled on OG for loco so you could have non alcoholic Lagunitas. Get Thank out you. of here with that. Guess shit. what? Just don't just don't drink beer. Guess what? I never had a four loco in my whole life, not once. Good for you, my son. Good for I know. And now I, I just saw an article today that said uh, that they did it in the China, uh, an Asian country, had some scientists that did a study on like a thousand men, and found that uh, increased consumption of energy drinks, uh, high carbonated drinks, high sugar drinks. Uh, led to premature hair loss. Interesting. So we're about to have a whole would, bunch of dudes counter, without hair now. I would counter. I would counter on this great show that, of a little piece of Americana called uh, the Jersey Shore, in which there was copious amounts of carbonated beverages uh, that were drank, and uh, pretty sure Mike. Well, actually, uh, Mike. The situation has some has some he has some follicle challenge going on there. But yeah. Vinny and uh, and Pauly D, they still got their hair. Nookie and Jay Wallace, they got their hair. So they also got they also got money. So even if they were starting to lose their hair, you would probably never know. No, okay. This is not the Bosley. This the Bosley doesn't matter podcast. This is the Testament podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right, Tim. Let's let's get into week eighteen. Before we do, listen. I'm gonna give you one last chance. We can count. We can count playoff picks if you want to, or we can just we could just end it right here and just say whatever we we got for picks right. Uh, we could we can do double or nothing. We can we can go picks all the way to the Super Bowl, double or nothing. Yeah, I mean, for the people, let's do it, Sam. For the people, good because um, I I am two picks behind you, and I didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, no, this <laughs> this is this is less about the people and more about Sam, only because you just sent me two boxes of beer. So, <laughs> uh, here's here's a here's an unfortunate thing. When I went to Maine, I did not go to uh, any of the breweries up there. We ended up getting Ooh. roped into having a bunch of errands to run, helping out. Uh, Robin Phil. So I had lunch at Sebago Brewing, but I didn't go to any breweries on the way up or the way down because it started to snow. Man, the disrespect is real. Sebago Brewing, we're the OG breweries, and he said he didn't go to no breweries up there. That's, that's something. Well, we went. You we went for lunch, it. and I got like this a micro beer because I thought I would have to take a nap, and I was the one driving everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you who took a nap this week. Uh, and let's start off with your first game, Bucks Falcons. I mean, yeah, the, the definition of winning the division and not giving a fuck. Yeah, game. yeah, I don't, <clears throat> I don't hundred percent understand quite what transpired in this game because, uh, they had uh, quarterback by committee 
in this one, where you had Tom Brady, Kyle Trask, and Blaine Gabbert all had reps at the quarterback position. Tom Brady only threw for 84 yards total, had less than 20 attempts. So this one was literally a get in, let him play a little bit, because we all know Tom Brady likes to play in games, even if he's not necessary. Um, <clears throat> Desmond Riddler, or Ritter, from uh, Atlanta is ultimately who led, yeah, who led this team to win. So, I mean, he did pretty well. Uh, not not a whole lot to take away from this game in terms of what this means in the postseason. This was the Bucks getting out, trying some reps, trying to uh, maybe try a couple things, and then, you know, getting guys some looks who may not have had looks uh, throughout the season. Hold on. I've had this stupid cough since before Christmas, and it's gotten to the point now where, like, if I'm talking a lot, uh, my esophagus wants to shut down. So if you guys hear me uh, mute a lot, it's because I'm dying. That's for what a the second. Mexican vanilla is for. Yeah, we're just trying to, uh, you know, I'm going to take a shot in Houston next after this. It's going to be great. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, not not a lot. I mean, I was surprised that they they lost in the, the fashion that they did. It was 30-17, but seeing how long they let Brady get out there and play and some of the stuff that they were trying to do, uh, this this was literally just a, kind of a tune-up game. Let's get some guys out there. Let's get them some reps. Get the starters out. Let them, you know, stay warm, if you will, going into the postseason. And then just not really giving a shit. Uh, you just hope it doesn't fall over or follow them into the uh, the first round. Yeah. Um, all right. Titans Jaguars. Listen, I said it last week. I said weeks four to eight, all the L's. This is week nine. Dub, L, by, dub, L, dub, dub, dub. And this one, also a dub. Um, this was very interesting because the Titans had Derrick Henry. That was about it. And they were in this game for a long time. Um, but as the Jags defense has shown us as of late, they have a nose for pick six. And they, for whatever reason, they seem to be coming in bunches. And I, and I appreciate it. And I, I think, obviously, Jags fans in, in Duval County are pretty happy about it. That was a home game for them. It looked like everyone uh, in Florida, which wasn't exactly that, that nice weather that night for Florida. Uh, they were just happy to be there. You could tell that the energy on the Jags team was there and that there was nothing, nothing left. I, I'm not saying, like, I felt bad for the Titans. You could see through them. But, like, you were a big proponent of the Tannehill Redemption Tour. And I was always, eh, when Tannehill's not playing, when they don't have A.J. Brown anymore, they can't have everyone step up. It is Derrick Henry that is carrying that team, bar mm -hmm. none, and there's nothing else that's going on. Meanwhile, the story of Trevor Lawrence is just getting more and more hyped by the day. Um, a 2-7 and seven team won the division in Week 18 and is going to the playoffs. Just think about that. The NFL like has that as a storyline, but it's like number 65 on the, on the lines of possible storylines that they can come out of a season. The amount of turnaround that Doug Peterson did in this team you know, I mean, a lot of other people mm -hmm. have said it, but like, it just proves that like Urban Meyer completely screwed the pooch, just was not ready to coach an NFL team, and was obviously not the right person for the job. I hope you know Jags under Shad Khan really just goes to Doug and, and whatever happens in, in this postseason, just says, Doug, what the <laughs> you got it? <laughs> because I I kind of want to see Trevor Lawrence has the running back in ETN. They've got a, a hodgepodge of, of wide receivers. Evan Engram's having somewhat of a, a breakout 
uh, season at tight end after not doing a whole bunch in New York. And the defense is good. I kind of want to see where this team can go. I, I would, I mean, the Colts are going to be asked for a couple more years. The Texans are also going to be asked for a couple more years. This might be the time for the Jags to sort of be like, yeah, we don't want to lose those folks in Nashville anymore. We're over it. Let's just keep it going. And I'm here right. for that that sort of anarchy in, in the in the NFL. I, I think it's really good. I mean, of the 12 games Tannehill started this year, they won seven of them. So yeah. it's not it's not to say that, that – and, and they lost to Kansas City in overtime. It wasn't like that was a blowout loss either. The only blowout loss they had in the entire season before that – while Trevor was, or not Trevor, while Tannehill was still playing, was the forty-one-seven loss in Week Two against the Bills. But aside from that, uh, I mean, they they were pretty competitive almost every other game. They lost Week One to the Giants by one point. Like I said, they lost in overtime to Kansas City. They lost to the Bengals uh, in Week Twelve when he got hurt uh, by only four points. So, I mean, they have the ability to be. A decent team. Um, I mean, I don't know. This is it'll be an interesting one to see, like what moves they make this off season if they try to move on from Tannehill. I don't, I don't know why they will. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't been a superstar every single game, but uh, yeah, I don't. Well, you know, I don't know. The quarterback they drafted was not really doing great either when they put him <laughs> there, and, and that that kind of sucks, dude. You like. I agree. There's there's not many great things that the Bears have done this season, yeah. but for the most part, when Justin Fields has been healthy, it's like yeah, he's he's the guy, right? And and they're sticking to it rather than this whole to and fro. We're going to start a rookie quarterback over a vet. We're not going to start. We're going back to a guy. We're going to a third string quarterback. We're going to hire someone off the street. Like just make a plan to stick to the teams. Yeah, like uh, was it Malik Willis did not pan out whenever they tried right. him this season. Well, was... I mean, thus far, thus far he's not panned out. We, I'm not. I'm not ready to, you know, stick a fork in him. Done yet? But uh, he had he had one game in which he started and had uh, 80, 80 yards. These these are these are his stat lines. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, it's a new segment of could I be an NFL quarterback? <laughs> uh, I definitely know I can't, and neither can this guy. So in games he started, uh, he had fifty five yards total, eighty yards total, and ninety nine yards total. And, and and those are those aren't all the games he played in. Those are just the ones he started. So one of those, <clears throat> he went five for sixteen, at a completion percentage of thirty one percent and a total of it's eighty okay. yards. So it's okay. uh, this it, is it's not happened. great. Even Baker Mayfield, even Baker Mayfield had a nice redemption arc here. But Tim, let's talk about the next pick you got because you start off with two wrong. Yeah, uh, Chiefs Raiders. I know it was an odd pick because the Raiders are, you know, they're back in dumpster fire mode. Jared Siddham kind of came in and it was a, uh, a little bit of a spark going into the last game. And we thought maybe they would write off this game. I was a little high on them, thinking that the Chiefs might not, you know, play all of their starters. They might, they, the Raiders just fucking shit the bed. The, I don't know if anybody has seen that. I'm sure by now you've seen some of the craziness that, came out of that game uh but the ring around the rosies uh touchdown oh, that yeah. got called back mm -hmm. they were just out there having fun with him um it was i mean patrick mahomes didn't even have to do much he was 18 to 26 at 202 yards had a touchdown that's really 
all it took. Uh, I mean, nobody had any numbers that really stood out in any fashion. Um, Jared Stidham had a really hard time controlling the ball. He had two fumbles. He had a turnover. Uh, he had an interception. Just not a great look for the Raiders. Um, my biggest takeaway from this is that I'm the <laughs> the more the season's drawn on, the more I hate the Chiefs. They've become like that <laughs> arrogant team that I can only imagine if the if the Patriots had come out and started trying to do any of the same things right now. It's always that, isn't it? Well, no, it's it's what's what's another team that got as much hate over the last few years when they won, but the Rams didn't when they were successful for a while. There hasn't been a team that had long-standing success long enough for them to garner hate. The Chiefs, every year, they're in the conversation now. The Bills are the Bills, but that's still relatively new. What Name another team in the last, let's say, 20 years that had sustained success long enough that people started to shit on them. I mean, yeah, you, had, you, had, the, you had the, the Steelers for a little really stretch. You had the Steelers for a little while with Ben Roethlisberger, but they, I mean... Ben Roethlisberger was shooting himself in the foot with all the, the bullshit he was doing off the field. But correct, in terms correct, of yeah. like, in terms of like slinging around arrogant and terms like that, that's all the Patriots got, and they were winning and they were doing fine. The difference is they weren't out doing like <laughs> weird ring around the rosy trick plays. They weren't. I don't know. Just something about them really rubs me the wrong way. I mean, you're a winning team. Obviously, you're going to be successful no matter what. I have some feelings about Patrick Mahomes and the way he runs and, and always gives the appearance that he's going to slide and doesn't. Because if they just figure... Get if, off your stoop, stoop guy. No, nah, nah, if they just... It's 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 less about him and more about my problem with the, the quarterback contact rule and where you can hit him and where you can't hit him. Because everyone is so concerned about hitting a quarterback now that... He gets away with so many of these circus throws because everyone has to try and like hold up right before they hit him. Because if you hit him two yards, you're gifting him 15 yards and a first down, and that's like game change. We saw that with uh, the unsportsmanlike call against um, Green Bay in the last one. Like you, you give up 15 yards and a first down. That's a game changer. And a quarterback like that who can make these weird circus throws. And you can't get, you don't have the green light to really come in and make solid contact. He's just going to expose that all the time. But seeing like stupid shit like the ring around, like the the weird trick play, and we're just out here having so, fun. Well, the other team that has to play on the opposite side of you, who's like, what the fuck <laughs> are you doing, man? Yeah. Exactly. Well, okay, first of all, so I, I know you think it was ring around the rosy, but um, Andy Reid actually came out and said that the, it was uh, reindeer personnel, and it was the Arctic Circle. That was the name of the play. Uh, it's not ring around the rosy, Tim. Don't I'm, show your age like that. Whatever. I'm, I mean, I'm glad guys are out there trying to have fun, but it it just screams. I mean, there are different ways to do it, like running up the score or whatever that everyone's going to bitch and moan about. But when you're blowing out a team and that's the bullshit you're trying to do out there, like you're playing on a on a playground, it's, I don't know, it just didn't, that kind of stuff doesn't sit well with me, mostly because I was on the receiving end of anybody I ever talked to about football as a Patriots fan because... We were arrogant oh, we because go. they didn't want to talk to we go. media. The, the Patriots persecution. They hate us because you ain't us, but you also, you know, you persecute us. That's I'm like it's it's very. It, I mean, you just made two very valid arguments. Like you, <laughs> they were bitching about Tim. us. They were bitching about Tim, us because they were winning. 
But you, they, we were getting called arrogant because we weren't talking to teams, and now other teams that are having routine success, it's just, oh, they're having fun. Like, they're making a mockery of another team that they're blowing out after already clinching a playoff spot. It's just, I don't know, just it's weird. I just, I, I don't like Patrick Mahomes Tim. anyway. Yeah. Tim, look at, look at the bottom of your screen. You'll see a number flashing. You may be entitled to financial compensation if you feel like you've been wronged over these last few years because <laughs> the efforts of the one New England Patriots, Super Bowl dynasty, probably one of the greatest football teams in the NFL history. Yeah. Okay. Huh? No, I'm not complaining like about that. Like you're I'm not getting your respect. I'm complaining oh. about I'm complaining about fucking douchebag fans having weird double standards when it comes to professional sports. That's all. I am one of those. All right. All right. You we're, are. We're gonna we're gonna move on here. We're going to move on, sir, to the next pick that I got right. Yeah. Brown Steelers. 15 years in a row becomes 16 years in a row for one Michael Tomlin. Incredible. Incredible, incredible, incredible. Them seven different rushers. Okay? Mm -hmm. Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Steven Sims, Connor Hayward, Gunnar Osheski. That name should sound familiar because he used to be a Patriot. Mm -hmm. And Derek Watts with a one-yard run from one yard out for a one-yard touchdown. And uh, Deshaun Watson, 230 yards, two picks, two touchdowns. Kenny Pickett, less than 200 yards, no picks, one touchdown. And uh, the Steelers win bigly on this one, 28-14. I love to see it. I love to see it. I'm sure that that uh, Cleveland thought they had somewhat uh, of a chance here because no score in the first quarter. They start off the second quarter. They go ahead, gets tied, and then Pittsburgh just is close enough and just starts pulling away via field goals. Now, I've never played football. That has to be the worst feeling. When a team gets three opportunities, wears your defense out, gets three points, three points, three points, and then you go down, you get a touchdown in the fourth quarter, and you're thinking, oh, we're only down six, and then they get another touchdown, and then they win the game. It's just sort of like, God, this sucks. You know what I mean? Like, mm. why can't our defense do something? But Look, I have said it, and I will stand pat on this. Like, I wanted the Browns to lose every single one of these games. I wanted them to go 0-17. I still want that for them. And I won't back down off of that. I do think that there is a lot of flowers to be given to Mike Tomlin for keeping a standard of consistency. Um, of course, whatever he did when the Triple Bs were there is insane, right? Because the way he controlled that team, well, the way he coached and guided that team is just legendary to begin with but now with kenny pickens got george pickett you got you got the, the running back situation which has always sort of been fluid but they traded away chase claypool and the bears had not won a lot of games with chase claypool since so there's got to be something that uh this team has some mojo jojo and I, I i appreciate it i think that um the steelers are one of those teams that i think people probably probably overlook. And and I think had they won a couple more games earlier in the year and injuries didn't necessarily uh, kind of torpedo them, I think that they would have been an interesting team in the postseason for sure. For sure. Mm. But yeah, I got that shit right. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of uh, uh, one of the worst feelings possible, you go into a game, your retirement game, thinking, alright, this would be a good one. We're going against uh, a team who has a rookie quarterback. I am one of the uh, best defensive players. Third string quarterback, by the way. Yeah, sorry. Last pick Third of the draft. Third string quarterback. Uh, last pick of the draft. 
uh, and you are one of the best uh, defensive players uh, in all of football. Uh, then you come out and lose. Bigly. Uh, Bigly. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not a great feeling, although I think that's kind of a sign of maybe, maybe the sign of the times, and it was, a, it was a good time to move on. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, they won. J.J. Watt has retired. He is no longer, uh, as of now, playing football next season. And if you haven't seen it yet, go out and look at the little tribute video a bunch of the players around the league made. Uh, uh, I'm not crying, you're crying type situation. <laughs> uh, it, it gets you. Anytime you see a grown man crying, he was borderline balling, but it's pretty touching stuff. Uh, this game did not go well for them. Uh, I picked the Niners in this one because they're a streaking team right now. They're looking really good. Even with their third-string quarterback, their defense has been pretty phenomenal uh, late in the season, and that's exactly how this one played out. I also couldn't... I didn't watch the game, the entire game. I cannot... David Blau? Blau, yep. Yeah. This is why the English language is the worst, because it's B-L-O-U-G-H. So I'm like, is it blow? Is it? Oh, see? Tegucela Tegu podcast? Ghost Racer, yeah. he deportes. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how bad is the English language now, Tim? <laughs> I mean, bad, bad. I mean, yeah. There's a there's a Twitter. I mean, a maybe, Instagram maybe account the out British there. British English, you know what I mean? There's a Twitter account out there. Uh, I keep saying Twitter. There's an Instagram account out there that that pokes fun at a lot of this stuff, and it's really really great because our language is the fucking worst. We just it's like. Whose line is it anyway? Where the points don't really matter and the rules are made up as we go. Try to explain that shit to myself. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, not much to talk about in this one. It went kind of how I was expecting it to go. Uh, I think the Niners and the way they're playing right now could play upset for uh, a round or two going into the playoffs. So I think they're going to be an interesting team to watch. They finished 13-4. and four. They beat some really good teams without their starting quarterback, You know, without Jimmy G who came back and he looked like a stud. Seems like they can plug anybody in there and have a, a great game. It only took him 178 yards, but he threw three touchdowns. Zero interceptions. He did have four picks. No fumbles. So they took care of the ball really well, and it isn't like they were relying on their running game because they're, the Eli Mitchell had 55 yards total. McCaffrey had 10 attempts, and he only finished with 45. So it wasn't the running game that carried him there. It was just play calling and defense really, uh, really got this one done. So I think they might be a team to watch, you know, Going into the next two weeks, see what what they might, what kind of noise they might be able to make. Yeah, I mean, I'll bury the lead, but uh, they won't be making any noise in these playoffs. Yeah. These playoffs, these damn Seattle Seahawks out there. It's very hard to beat a team three times, but I'll bury the lead. This is a great right, segue. I'm gonna finish up. I'm gonna finish. Oh up yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. That would have been uh, a perfect segue. I should have gone last. Hey, hey. Everybody wrote the Seahawks off, but they ain't right back. You wrote the Seahawks off. I even wrote the Seahawks off. All right. Thankfully, they're not. They're not. You know, quote tweeting me on on uh, social media asking why when I'm going <laughs> to shave the Seahawks logo into the side of my head or any of the other crazy mm. things that people have been saying about mm -hmm. them. Um, I I said before the season started, I said with with the lines on hard knocks, I felt like there was a palpable energy change, and I said I I like the rah rawness. I don't know if I can really totally get behind it, but like it makes sense. And I was like, this this kind of what Detroit needs. Mm -hmm. I really like the fact that Detroit Sunday Night Football, after the Seahawks won, knew they were out 
of the playoffs. It didn't matter if they won or if they lost. They were not going to get in the playoffs. However, they knew if they won this game, they were going to go above 500. And whatever Dan Campbell said to motivate the team worked. Um, Jamal Williams broke Barry Sanders' single-season touchdown record. Jared Goff had no passing touchdowns, 23 for 34, um, no picks, and did exactly what they needed to do. And for the most part, the Lions defense came to play, and they got knocked around. And just like Dan Campbell said in the beginning of the season, they got up and they chewed a bit of your kneecap or they ripped a part of your ear off. They did what they needed to do, and I could not believe what I was seeing on Sunday night. I felt that from the get-go, everyone in the world wanted one of the Packers just to make the playoffs. Oh, great that you won Seattle. Great that you won over 500 Seattle. No one cares, Seattle. And when Campbell came out before the game and said, we don't care that we're not going. We want to prevent them from going. I was like, okay, go on with your bad self, but you got to back it up because um, 99,000 teams before you have said the same thing, and 98,999 of them have uh, not made that a reality. So hmm. to see the game start, just a whole pair of field goals, and then Detroit take the lead, Rodgers come back in the third quarter, and you're going into the fourth and you're saying, oh boy, what are we going to do here? And some clutch fourth downs, some incredible mistakes by the Packers. And Jamal Williams salts it away with 5.57 to go. And the Lions win 20-16, to 16, and they don't make the playoffs, but they act like they're in the postseason. And afterwards, uh, Campbell, you know, inside the locker room, I was just talking about how, like, we came here to earn respect. We came here to tell people, like, this is this is our brand of football. This is who we are. This is what we're going to do. Uh, and Matt, <clears throat> listen to the podcast. I know you're going to be like, just skip forward, Matt. Don't, don't listen to this. Just skip forward. The fucking Lions are good, okay? The Lions have been good this year, and the Lions have something that is brewing. And I think it's serviceable. I think they could be competitive in the division next year. And they finally got the Packers monkey off of their back. Like, uh, this, the Packers team needed to win to get into the playoffs. You had nothing to play for. You were not going to get in whether you won or not. And you said, the NFL equivalent of, nah, fuck those guys. Yeah. I love the <laughs> tweet. That was we're like, going to prevent them from getting in. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, I, I, that was one of my favorite uh, tweets of the weekend was like, nah, fam, if we're not making it in, you ain't going in either. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. What, what's interesting about this is that most of the season, I think people kind of had written off Jared Goff as not being that guy and, and you know. Even I have, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, as of late, he's had a pretty good stretch. They won three, six, seven, eight. Eight of their last ten games. I mean, that's... Yeah. I mean, can't shake a stick at that. They they beat the Packers right as the Packers are starting to streak a little bit. Uh, and then they... Beat Chicago. They beat the Giants, who were playing well. They lost to the Bills by three. They got blown out by the Jaguars. Or no, they blew out the Jaguars. Uh, they beat Minnesota. They beat the Jets. They did lose to the Panthers. And then they beat the Bears and the Packers to finish out. It's not a terrible record. I think it just took them a little bit to kind of hit their stride and, and figure it out. 
is Goff a phenomenal quarterback, or are we seeing, you know, hints of Goff when he was playing with the Rams? Maybe not, but it, he did seem like he was able to help find ways for this team to put together wins. So I'd like to see it go on for another year. Uh, I hope, I hope Rodgers retires because he threw two fifty million dollars a year. No way. No he way. threw two really, really bad interceptions in this one. I know one of the things everybody can look at. Uh, they they thought they had made a stop, and then it was a Quay Walker ejected for a second time this season for an altercation with somebody not in uniform. Bullshit he did before, which he shouldn't have done. Yeah, I appreciate the first... that the man came on Twitter and tried to apologize for it, but like the guy is wearing a jersey that is very clearly a referee's jersey. Just let him do his thing. No, this one, there was a referee the in this teams. one. There was a referee. This, it, yeah, it was no, 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 no. There was there was a pushing of the ref, and there was also... Um, the first one was a no, pushing no, someone Quay on Walker the sideline. Quay Walker didn't. It was another player. It was, that, it was 95, I think, for the Packers. Did it. Uh, no, yeah, Quay Walker, uh, earlier in the season, pushed someone on the sidelines that they, uh, they said was... Well, I haven't looked into the story enough to see, but uh, it was supposedly someone on the training staff, and then Twitter's all over the place saying, no, it was actually a, a practice squad player on the sideline. It doesn't matter. He wasn't in uniform. He was literally in, like, shirts, and it was trying to help him from falling, and he stood up and pushed him. But in this game, uh, uh, Lions player was down. Uh, they were kind of looking at him, and training staff walked by and slowly put his hand up to get by. And he literally just leans in and shoves him. And it was like, dude, what the hell are you doing? I ended up gifting him 15 yards, got ejected. And, and they ejected. scored. Yeah, and they scored on, uh, yeah. uh, if it wasn't the next drive, it was the drive immediately after that. And then, you know, you thought, okay, Rodgers can overcome this. That interception he threw was god-awful. I don't know what he was doing, but I don't know. In the interviews he gives, just across the board, he just doesn't seem like he's... He's into it anymore. And then there's a couple little subtle things after the game that kind of led you to believe that this is probably it or could be it. Um, someone asked if they could swap jerseys. And he's like, nah, I think I'm going to hold on to this one. Uh, like little little things like that where, I don't know, just doesn't feel to me like he's in it. He's already talked a couple times. Like, you know, if I were to walk away from the game, I'd feel content with where I'm at. Like all that kind of stuff. I mean, we can't have every 40-year-old-plus quarterback in the league hanging on until they're, they're 50. So, like, they're they're bound to start dropping, like, flies. Uh, some of the late 30s, some of the older guys are really starting to show bound their Bound to start age. retiring, though. Bound to start retiring. Yeah. That's yeah. Like. Yeah. Russ, you're 40 now, so. Yeah. Russ is, uh, Russ is getting up there a little bit. Easy, He's not looking easy, so great. Easy, uh, easy, Tim. First of all. Flacco. First of all, Gino Smith. Geno Smith is a great quarterback. That's all I got to say about that. But yeah, Flacco is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Flacco's bouncing around as a backup for a lot of teams. I know he got some some reps as a starter this season, but all of those older quarterbacks from that generation. I mean, Tom Brady had moments this season where he looked fucking unstoppable, and others where he looked like he was kind of falling off a little Look. bit. So, and some of that you never quite know on a new team if it's timing, if it's quality of your receiving core if it's you and it's weird in his case because even like stereotypically quarters quarterbacks who have fallen off or, or aren't good are just not good 
And then he comes out and has a game like he had the week before last, where he was just fucking bombing it to everybody. He was making 65-yard passes on a dime and, like, all over the place. Those are still really, really hard. I mean, is he is he going to beat a 25-year-old quarterback? Probably not. But no. still looks pretty good for what he's doing. Still had plenty of opportunities where he didn't look great. So, you know, he's obviously coming. We, I mean, he's, he's, he's a human, so he's coming to the end of the line. I think those quarterbacks like Rodgers might be seeing the end of that line a little sooner than what he did because everyone's going to play that late in their career. So I hope I think $15 I, I hope million dollars is probably too much. To, yeah. yeah. Why? I mean, how much money is the guy worth already? <laughs> this is a weird thing, right? Because when you see a listing, that this is a stat that doesn't matter. You go see that Carson Wentz has made $128 million and you say, um, why are you still playing? Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? When you see what some of these players pull in, and you see like wide receiver who's like a fifth first round draft pick, like or a undrafted free agent or a practice squad guy who made who made the team, and and he's like, my career earnings are forty three million dollars total. Then you take half of that for taxes, maybe sixty percent. Um, you're like, wow. I mean, twenty million dollars is that's a lot of money, but like that don't last forever. And then you see this guy, you're like, stop the track. Carson Wentz made one hundred twenty eight million dollars. Yeah, Carson Wentz, and you're like, Chase Daniel made how much? How much? Yeah, I mean, like, like, yeah, like Rogers got forty-two million dollar, forty-two million dollars less uh, this season. Like, he's made. Do that math, Tim. Hey, hey, Jamie, Jamie, pull that up. Jamie, pull that up over there. On the <laughs> like, what? What's, what's he's made forty-two million dollars in in his eighteen seasons. He's made three hundred and five million dollars. Million dollars. So, like, you got to wonder if it's really worth sticking it out for. Yeah. For that no, long. He does need to stick it out. He and running the risk. Out. You know why? Why? Because ayahuasca and um, all the Spencer Pratt crystals that he's buying are, are pretty expensive. You know what I mean? His multi-level marketing schemes he's about to get wrapped up in. Uh, if he just brings four friends to you know the meetup you know, on the third Thursday of every month, it's gonna be, he's going to be broke as shit in a couple years. And I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I... If I were, I mean, I obviously I'm not him. I can't put myself in his shoes. But I'm thinking, like, at what point do you just you don't want pride to start outweighing it? You end up like Brett Favre, just hanging on like a smidge too long. And the conversation and the comparisons you would draw between a quarterback for the Packers hanging on too long, and then another one who's arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever hold a football, also doing the same fucking thing, like they would just be. Too too many comparisons. Too many comparisons. But anyway, we've or carried maybe, on. Or maybe yeah. someone used the time stone and uh traveler from the future. Aaron Rodgers is one Brett Favre from a, another extended NFL cinematic universe. With a worse haircut. Dun and, dun, dun, and, dun, dun dun dun. Okay. So this attitude. week you only got one pick right, which I loved. And I got two right, but I still lost by one. But it's okay because you said you want to go to picks in the postseason, baby. So let's go. Yeah. Super wild card weekend. Six games spread across three days. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Let's start off. Four o'clock on Saturday. 49ers, Seahawks. I already know what you're going to pick, but I will let you go first. That's the Niners. All day. All day? Uh, do you not want just to say do, why? Not just do I... Uh, they are, in my eyes, a better defensive team. Uh, and that's not even close. One of them is first in the league in points allowed. Seattle's 25th in the league 
in points allowed. Turnover differential is San Francisco's first in the league. Seattle's uh, 12th in the league. I mean, as you work your way down the list, it is there's a clear difference between these two teams. Like, rushing yards, uh, defensive rushing yards per game, Seattle is 30th in the league. San Francisco is second in the league. And you're going up against McCaffrey, arguably one of the best running backs of our generation. I think there's a, I think there's a lot to be said there. I know you're going to go with the, uh, the, 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 the feels in the emotional side, which I knew was probably what's going to happen. But overall, and I know, I know they've matched up against each other. I know it's been uh, somewhat even. But uh, I, I think Stan Friend's going to get this one. I think it's going to be by a touchdown and a half at least. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd love to tell you. I'd love to point out one thing. Yeah. Um, they were in that first game that they ended up losing to them until Travis Homer fumbled it. Yeah. All that that rushing stuff you're talking about is the fact that Kenneth Walker had injuries and they didn't have a competent rushing attack for the for the latter part of the season. Uh, on top of that, it's very hard to beat the same team three times in a single season. Mm-hmm. Very hard to do that. They know them inside and out. And I'll leave you with this stat that does not matter. Which which and if quarterback? It does not come though? true. And if it doesn't come true on Saturday, I don't give a shit. But. Um, the Seahawks had never lost to the 49ers in postseason. Never. Never. But who is their quarterback? Do it this weekend either. It don't matter. It don't matter. It don't oh, okay. matter. Okay. It don't matter, Skip. It don't matter. <laughs> yeah, no, I think... Uh, Let's go. Yeah. I, figured, I figured as much... Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. You're gonna be you're gonna be sitting with free weekend free Sundays for the rest of the play <laughs> rest of the playoffs a lot of me. Uh one 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 more week than you. Okay. Uh J- Jags Chargers, or as I like to call it, the Pantene Pro V Bowl, because uh <laughs> both of these guys got luscious long locks. Um I'm gonna go Chargers here. Listen, I think the Jags have a great story. I think they're a great team. I just think when it comes down to it, the Chargers have a little more firepower. They are coming in, I think, just a little bit healthier and there's a lot of hubbub now about whether Brandon Staley is going to lose his job. Like, we don't even know if Sean McVay is going to even be a coach later on this year. You think if Sean McVay decides to leave, that Brandon Staley just won't go to the Rams if if he gets fired? It's like this crazy thing that I heard about the Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel that, like, if they didn't win last week, he was going to get fired. Why? This is first season. Why would you fire a coach in their first season, Denver? Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. You're going to have to pay out the dude's contract for the next two or three years. And, oh, by the way, another team is going to scoop him up, like, immediately. So why would you do that? That being said, Brandon Staley, defensive guru here. It's going to be a nice defensive-minded game. I could see this being a 24-21 kind of game or 21-17 kind of game. It will probably be the better game of Saturday uh, because the Seahawks are going to just, you know, run out to like a 21-0 lead and it's they're probably just never gonna look back they'll take their foot off the gas and you know, make it a you know a 21 14 i'm good i'm good uh i'm gonna go jags with this one uh <laughs> okay okay statistically the jags are again the better team they rank 12th in the league for points allowed per game to the chargers 21st points scored per game they rank higher 10th versus 13th they they're both tied at seventh for uh, the takeaway differential, but the only the only spot in which Los Angeles leads statistically is defensive yards allowed per game. They're seventh in the league. Uh, they average about two hundred per game. 
to Jacksonville's 200, uh, 238, but their defensive, uh, their run defense is abysmal. It's almost, it's 28. It's almost last. It's not far from last in the league. So I'm not necessarily that's sure if I'm buying. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm necessarily buying that this is going to be like a defensive minded game. I think this is going to be more offensive because these quarterbacks are almost like identical quarterbacks. They both have 25 touchdowns on the year. They both have over 4,000 throwing yards. I think this one's going to be a little bit more of an offensive-minded game. They're going to sputter a little bit. Uh, neither one of these teams are, are offensive juggernauts. But I don't think this is, by any chance, going to be a, a, a defensive showcase. And I think currently Jacksonville's riding a little bit too much momentum to go up against, in my opinion, a mediocre team in the Chargers. Yeah, I know. I know. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Uh, a 10 and 7 team, uh, by definition, across the board, with a bunch of teams who've made it in the playoff, is like 8 and 8 and 8 and 9, is mildly mediocre if your record is just marginally better than those two. It's going to be Jacksonville. Could make a little noise also. This is another one of those surprising teams that everybody wrote off like by week five, week six, and here we are. But did they write back, though? Because I ain't right back. <laughs> I won't, uh, I won't write back next week either. Are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna write back your sorry letters to the Seahawks when they when they get bounced? <laughs> I'm here for you. When, guys. They're, when they're like we're friends. When, when they go when they send us a letter, they go, We listened to uh season three, episode fourteen where where you said, Sam, and I quote, uh Seahawks are D U N done. Did, did yeah. you mean that? <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna write to go, status I was as playing, a fan. Yeah. I was like <laughs> That's where I get to say, "Oh, um, I, I was, uh, I was creating, creating a character it was for content. I didn't really mean that. I was playing <laughs> the long game. I was trying to lull my co-host <laughs> into a sense of comfort so that I could really come back, double up in the postseason, I mean, and snatch I mean, his I, money. I mean, it's, it's a thing because we're going right into this, this next game here, Dolphins Bills. Let's give a quick update on Demar Hamlin because when we started the episode last week, that it, everything had unfolded. Um, he's now been discharged from the hospital." He's regained motor functions. He is oh, yeah. neurologically intact, which is a term we all learned now. Um, he FaceTimed uh, his team. He gave a motivational speech that came out and absolutely walloped the New England Patriots in their game last week. And, I mean, he is on IR. Who knows if he's going to come back and play football in the future. Um, but you cannot state that I think all of us collectively have like, just let out a sigh. Like, oh, yeah. Jesus. That was awesome. Thank you. I mean, there's no and way I, and, his chest cavity isn't uh like a pile of mashed potatoes right now that much cpr does severe so that's that's the one unknown fact about cpr is that when being performed correctly generally tends to like decimate ribs across the board because they're not meant to bend that often that direction uh so he's got a long road to recovery still uh he's not out of the water you just hope that it's nothing too serious in terms of like uh damage to the skeletal structure that's there or his partner's lungs or anything yeah he'll probably be in like an upper chest brace for a little while to help protect some of those solid organs so he's not i mean he's not even if they make it to the super bowl he's not playing football again this this season and next starting next season still up in the air the two things that bother me and then we didn't really talk about it much we don't really have to talk about it much now is that um the immediately it became a, a used as almost like a I'll say a political slogan or or 
or whatnot, a conspiracy theory that here we are, this is because of uh, COVID and the vaccine and oh, that this was yeah. the vaccine. Oh, and then, uh, yeah. and then the, when the Patriots lost and the Bills came out and ran those two returns back, it was the NFL is staged, this is all set up, it's all scripted. You, like you, you had two things there. You did two of the three things there. You forgot the one thing. I mean, I said it earlier, I, said, I was like, oh, Jesus, you know what I mean? But I, I said it as a term of speech. Not only were all the people being like, oh my goodness, this is, it was COVID and comodio cordis never, never affects like older people. It's like, oh. I actually, hold on. Before you go further to clarify, nobody was saying, so my argument to everybody when we had this conversation was that this wasn't a a result of the vaccine. It's some of the unknown side effects of what COVID is. And every one of you who might be listening to this that's thinking like I'm a crock of shit. I need you to go back when we first started talking about COVID, and I literally quoted a study that said in students, high school, healthy uh, student athletes who were both symptomatic and asymptomatic showed signs of heart damage from being inf- from being positive with COVID. And I said then, these are the students and these are the kids we're going to see over the next couple of years that are going to have heart attacks, are, are going to have heart problems. And I'm pretty sure I use the exact terminology are going to drop that on the field. Like it, it was talked about back then and then just disappeared. Nobody talked about it again. And here we are two years later. I'm not saying I knew I had a scoop. I had just heard and read the studies and talked to medical professionals who work in the media. And I understood that like, oh, this is kind of a big deal. And here we are two years later and this is happening and it's happening at a much higher frequency. Uh, I mean, anybody who has been on social media over the last couple of weeks has seen the charts that people are passing around, and you can see a spike. But what it doesn't talk about, and where there's no correlation, is how many of those kids were vaccinated, how many aren't vaccinated, how many of them had previous signs of any kind of issue. I think what we're starting to see is the 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 shortfall of like after effects, side effects, long COVID. All that shit that literally damaged bodies coming to fruition as we see it in real time because we don't really have all the information and we don't know how it all works. I didn't know until I was in the midst of my current uh, pregnancy with my wife that COVID, just being positive with COVID, affects the growth of the baby in utero and then also affects their temperature regulation when they're born. So because my wife had COVID uh, four weeks ago, the chances of our daughter, when she's born, having to spend a little time in the NICU until she can regulate her own temperature is a direct correlation with COVID. And nobody else knows that. And every time I brought that up in these conversations online where people are trying to say, it's the vaccine, it's the vaccine, it's the vaccine, not one person that I spoke to or I brought that up ever came back and offered any kind of explanation or understanding or like acknowledgement that that was a thing. It just, and I, and I, and I'm not kidding when I say this, it was literally glossed over. No, 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 this is what it is. I'm like, well, I don't know if you knew this, but back in the day, I mean, two years ago, there was this study that was done, blah, blah, blah. Not one person and this, I know this is all social media and online. Not one person acknowledged it and took that on as a conversation. Not one fucking person and it was like me probably against like 50 different people oxford hills 
birthing all of the scientists and weathermen and climatologists <laughs> and virologists, <laughs> world studies, fucking... Yeah, Paul and me, we don't have that fucking problem. We just don't. We just don't. Man, I mean, I didn't know so many Classy smart champion. people came from Oxford Hill. Shout out the Vikings. Oh, they just won the state championship football. Oh, Good for my them. God. Chet, Chet, seriously, you six degrees of Kevin Bacon separation? Yeah. Um, Eli, Eli Soren, uh, mm-hmm. the, the quarterback for that, that team, his father. Taught my brother in high school. Oh, which shit. was the was the PRHS football coach. So shout shout out to the shout out to the uh, the OH um, OH Vikings. Um, OH Vikings state champions. They were state champions when I was in school. They just went like undefeated and won uh won yeah, state, state champions when you were in school. Well, nineteen seventy eight happened, and when you left school, and then- oh my <laughs> god, sorry, this is a this is a tough segue because I just said some serious shit. You know the seventies show? Yeah, you know it's the show. It's coming back and it's the '90s show, and I feel so old because because of that. You're starting to see all the memes of these kids, and there was there's one going around right now. That's a it's a what appears to be high school age girl, and she's talking about shit you can use in your hair, and she pulls out, and everyone's gonna remember this thing. It was almost like the scrunchie, right? It like stretched and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but it Mm -hmm. was pointy, right? Yeah. So she's putting this thing on. She's trying. She's like, oh, my God, I like it. And at the end, she said, bonus points if you can tell me what time frame and what 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 time frame this was used in back in the day. I'm like, <coughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it was me. It, it's my year. I know that. <laughs> but, then, but then there's the other one going around that says, by the way, in seven mm. years, the 80s will have been 50 years ago. <laughs> Like, like, anyway, wow. we started this whole thing talking about the oh, gas, yeah. the goddamn Dolphins and Bills, uh, the the Dolphins for all the all the stuff that we have given them. Yeah. for. Tua Tagovailoa in the in the concussion protocol for the third time this season will not play yeah. this game. No, they are looking at starting their third string quarterback, is Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy B's, Teddy Two Gloves, not going to play. Um, I don't think it's a it's a hard pick here, Bills. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think the Bills are even going to really try in this one. I think they're just going to put some stuff on film. I don't think they're actually going to do what they want to do. I think it's going to be a game where they're going to cruise to a 28-14 victory. And that is going to happen before the third quarter ends. I do not think this is going to be a take-their-foot-off-the-pedal game because it's a playoff game. So they are going to go into this game and play a real football game. It's probably going to be a blowout. Uh, well, I won't say it's a blowout because uh, Miami's defense is is pretty good. Uh, eh. I was just I was I was trying to cover a little bit. Now it's going to be a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it won't be a blowout. Giants Vikings though. <clears throat> Listen, mm-hmm. the Giants. They, there's been a whole bunch of back and forth. At one point, they were possibly going to challenge for the NFC East. It did not come to fruition, but um, Saquon, Danny Dimes, Richie James, Jesse James, LeBron James, everyone on that New York Giants team right now seems to be <laughs> just uh, just seems to be gelling at the right time. Mm-hmm. The Vikings, of course, started absolutely super hot, cooled off, got a little hot, cooled off, got a little less hot, cooled off, not you know, lukewarm, cooled off again. This is a dangerous game for the Vikings. Going into this game, like they. I mean, this is a team that could have fought for the number one seed. They should be watching this game from the couch, doing treatment, getting ready to host a divisional round game. Instead, 
they're playing against a frisky team like the Giants, whom I think really wants to prove something here. That being said, I think that everything is set up for the Giants to fall asleep. I mean, sorry, the Vikings to fall asleep at the wheel and really just end up in a situation that they did not see themselves happening to. So I'm going to go Giants here just based off the fact that I think there are too many things that could possibly go against them. And I think the Vikings have played a lot of tough teams this season, but I don't think that the magic that they have, I don't think I don't think it starts on Super Wildcard Weekend. I think if they make it out of the weekend, it'll be just burly. But I see the Giants winning this weekend. Uh, <clears throat> I'm actually going the, the opposite direction here on this one, only because I do think that... Um, they are a, which is tough because everyone keeps calling Kirk Cousins a fraud and, and that they've kind of accidentally found their way, but they're 13 and four, right? Like it's yeah. bizarre at 13 and four that you're playing this weekend. You thought that'd be good enough to get yourself into a bye. Unfortunately, that's just not how your division played out. Um, but I think overall, offensively, they are performing at a higher level than, that Daniel Jones has been uh, consistently. When Daniel Jones is playing great, he's playing great. But unfortunately, he's had so many up and down this season, you're never really quite sure what Jones you're going to get from week to week. The, the problem is that Minnesota's defense is their downfall when they do lose some of these games. They're 31st in the league in pass defense, so if Daniel Jones is able to come out and have one of those games where he is connecting and he is making his throws and he is making his progressions, they should do well enough. It's not going to be their run game because, I, I mean, they will have some success with Saquon, but they only give up, on average, 123 yards per game on the ground, so it's not like they're going to allow this this massive run game to to kind of put them behind early i think there's just offensively too many weapons on the the viking side they're eighth in the league and points scored per game uh I, th- I just think they're sixth in the league when it comes to yards per game uh passing wise if they come out and they play their game and they they stick to they the same game plan they've had that got them in here in the first place they they already beat the jets uh, when did they beat the Jets? Just a couple weeks ago, right? Yep. Yeah, in week 16, they beat the Jets. Uh, the Giants. Uh, they beat the, sorry, they beat the Jets week 13. The Giants, they played week 16. So, I mean, they've already done it once, and this was a streaking Giants team at that point. This wasn't like middle to end of the season where the Giants were, were doing well, they're struggling. This was when they've kinda, they, they kind of found their identity again, so... In my mind, I think this is the I think this is the uh, the Vikings game to lose, and I don't necessarily see him coughing it up, especially with the postseason on the line. I mean, I might agree with you, but I'm not going. To. <laughs> so, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Okay, so let's see here. Moving on. Ravens Bengals. Remember, these two teams just played a week ago. Mm-hmm. Was not particularly close. One Lamar Jackson is not looking like he's going to play this week, and I am a ardent, if not rabid, supporter of a low key movement you might have heard of. It's the um, fucking hashtag Let Joy Roar movement. 
Uh, yeah, you know, it's not really a, been given a lot are, of, uh, a big fan of credence, yeah. but uh, listen, they just beat this team by two touchdowns last week. They're probably going to do something completely different this week. The Bengals, offensive line, yes, they're much maligned. They haven't really got it together in a lot of stretches of this season, but uh, fuck it, Jamar down there somewhere. Bengals. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the same boat. Um, I would love to see the Ravens do a little bit more, but with Lamar Jackson not starting, uh, as of today, I think I think their backup quarterback hadn't even thrown the ball yet because he's got tendonitis in his throwing arm. Correct. Yep. So, there. I mean, he'll probably play, but he probably won't be anywhere near uh, where he needs to Healthy be. Or ready to go. And I think the the Bengals are just firing on all cylinders right now. So while it pains yep. me, I'm going to go. I, I, I've started to take. I mean, I never really disliked Joey Burrow, but I'm starting to take a little bit more yeah, of a did. liking with him. No, you did. You weren't. When? You weren't. You weren't on the hashtag Let Joey Roar train. You were no, never, I wasn't on the Joey Roar train, but I didn't dislike the human being that was Joey Burrow. And I watched a couple. <laughs> le- I, I watched a couple. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, look back at all of the like 2022 mic'd up. Uh, segments have started to Famous, release, yep. and uh, they're great. He's he's kind of a fun dude when he plays. He's always like ooh ah ee, ooh ooh ah ah, and he makes all these like weird noises as he's running away from people and getting tackles and shit. It's it's pretty funny. Just seems like a generally well-rounded guy that I would like to have a beer with. Do I want the Bengals to win all the time? Probably not, but I would still like to have a beer with the guy. Slide into my DMs. We'll grab a beer. <laughs> wow wow did not expect that going there let's let's get moving here uh last game super wild card weekend mm. cowboys versus the buccaneers now tom Brady is seven and oh versus the cowboys yeah i don't see yeah. that changing this weekend For whatever reason dallas's struggles make sense if there's an injury dallas's struggle against the washington commanders with their new mascot major tutty who is a pig in a World War One doughboy style helmet that does not hit the gym at all. Looks like he chain smokes three packs a day. Um, and they started he's, Sam Howell and he's, Taylor he's, Heineke. He's they started like three animal. quarterbacks this season. Oh God, he's on <laughs> he's on Aaron Rodgers' ayahuasca or something. Like, how do you lose twenty six to six? The only thing is, you try to put a plan on paper and you watch it fall apart, and you need to get all your mistakes out before the postseason. That's it. That's the only thing. However, I have watched. Cowboys Bucks three times now. Mm-hmm. Three times. And every time the game looks to be close. And then Brady does that annoying thing he always does where he just starts to pull away. And the game gets out of hand and you just get lulled to sleep. And that's what I think is going to happen here. I, I want to believe that like Dallas has the talent. They do on defense. They have a better defense than the Buccaneers do. They have a better offense than the Buccaneers do. Somehow, that guy, Thomas Edward Patrick Michael O'Shaughnessy Brady III, just walks into a room and just elevates everyone. Mm. Just everyone just feels like, I, I'm going to give everything I have on this field today, and I'm just going to I, I'm going to elevate my play. And he brings the best out of the... I'm not saying Dak is not capable of that. I'm saying, for whatever reason, the Cowboys should have done that last week against the Commanders. And they didn't. And I am terrified that they're going to lay another absolute egg and that's why I can't pick against the Buccaneers in this one. Tom Brady being 7-0 versus the team is not a fluke. Evans had a monster game uh, 
45 some odd fantasy points, 265 yard touchdowns. Like the Buccaneers are beginning to peak up at the right time. And I don't think that that bodes well for the Cowboys at all. Yeah. And the, <clears throat> the Cowboys are like the kings of figuring out ways to lose games they should win. And if you removing the way the Bucks have played as of late, not counting the last game. And then you factor in the fact that the quarterback that they have behind center is like born for the playoffs, regardless of how good or bad his teams are. He is a different person when it comes to the playoffs. If I, if I was the Buccaneers, I would just go no huddle the entire game and they're going to win by a hundred points because whatever reason, when they go into no huddle, they are just completely unstoppable. When you give Tom Brady the reins and say, take the keys, go figure it out, let us win this game. It is such a different look than when you have a play caller calling in plays, which it may be something we're not talking enough about, right? Like I know Tom Brady on most teams was given, well, I say most teams, when he was on the Patriots, he was given like pretty free reign at the line of scrimmage. With some of the changes that have gone on, in Tampa over the last two years. I don't know whether or not he has that same level of flexibility or if he's going off of play calls that are coming in from the sidelines, but you cannot argue that when they go into that no huddle and he's literally calling plays from a line of scrimmage, they are a a just completely, completely different looking team. His passes are more crisp. He's He's like hitting hard throws that only like a good quarterback could make who has a good relationship with their receiver, like everything changes. And it's like the whole three quarters and then three and a half of the last quarter never happened. And suddenly like you just swapped out the players and a whole new player that was in there. And I think we're going to see some of that. Maybe go. I think if they get by the Cowboys, they're a team that's going to play some major upsets. I don't think they're going to win. I think the Bills are. I think the Bills yeah. are the team that's going to win the the whole thing. But they could ruin some people's expectations going into this. Oh yeah, if they play like they did two weeks ago, where any team that goes into single coverage against Evans with a mediocre corner or mediocre safety, sorry ass corner your, like like yeah. Crabtree, that's what you get. You are going to get your shit pushed in, and I think that's what that that I don't think that's going to happen to the Cowboys. I think it's going to be a closer game. It might take some late game heroics, but the Cowboys are going to find a way to give us up. I think Dak is going to make a couple untimely turnovers. I think their their defense is going to come in and, and blow some coverage, and it's going to be one of those again when we're looking at the Cowboys next week, saying like, "What the hell are you guys doing?" and how because. I was thinking their praises at the end of last season, the beginning of this season. I thought they were going to be a team that was going to smooth sail into the playoffs. Yeah. They haven't. Ex- they're not a bad team. I don't want to make it sound like they've underachieved. They're twelve and five on the season. They've done a lot of really great things, and they did a lot of really great things with the backup quarterback. It just feels something doesn't feel right, and I feel like they're going to find ways to to give it up. I mean. I, I don't know. I'm I'm taking bucks in this one too. I don't I don't think the Cowboys are going to get past this, but if yeah, if I, they win, I wouldn't be overly surprised. Man. 
All right. Literally looking forward to this. Um, listen, you and me chose three of the six games the same and three yeah. different. Well, let's make this a little Mexican Mexican vanilla spicy here. Uh, if we both if we both pick the winner correct, no points. Yep. And if we do pick the winner correct, the other person does it, you get a point. All right, fair enough. All right, all right. Again, I think I think this is because I've pumped you full of 200 ounces of, <laughs> <laughs> of liquid goodwill it, but <laughs> it, it makes for better com uh better content so that's that's fine <laughs> that's, that's what we'll say all right that, that that will that will that will round out that um this nfl part of the stats america podcast for this week i just want to give a quick shout out celtics keep doing your damn thing but please don't give us another december to remember as it never remembered again when you lose a whole bunch of games because there my heart cannot take it I, we have an interim coach. The team is doing great, and then they just they lost, but like one fifty to like ninety, like a couple weeks ago. And I was just, just, that was just one, I was though. just sort of like, eh, I know, I know, I know, I know they just won. But the players came out after the game. I really appreciate it. They just said we got our ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, you did. But um, they're currently on a four game win streak since then. Yes, but they were on like a, a nineteen and a half game win streak, and then they just got smacked. Right, yeah, like yeah. every time we start talking some good shit about the Celtics, take a little tumble. So I'm just going to go ahead. I'm just going to say, Celtics, do your thing. You know, yeah. Dave's Machina, do what you got to do. And uh, I will not, I will, I will keep it, keep it cool, calm, collected. And I will just say, keep playing get, good basketball. You got the, 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 the Nets. Do what happens. Of, got the Nets, who at the start of the season I wasn't too sure of. Now nipping at their heels a little bit. They've been playing incredibly well right. as of late. So, well, it's no uh, vaccine mandate anymore. No. <laughs> just, it just is what it is, man. Yeah. Uh, and that brings us to the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about. Uh, I mean, I don't want to talk about it either too much, but like the sign Devers, okay. But then you let everybody else go, and this is how it's going to yeah, work. Like, what, I'm telling you, what, this what, is how it's going to work. What was the What was the point of that? What was the point of that? I don't listen to WEI that much, but again, shout out Jamie. Just up in the in the Boston area this past weekend with your my father in law surprise sixtieth um, in Newburyport. Which had, well, Plum Island. I didn't even know there was a place. It was pretty fucking cool, though. It was pretty cool. Um, and we just said WEI and all these, all these talking heads in the radio. They're just all freaking out about how, how much money we're paying Devers. I'm like, this is what happens. You get successful, and players come. They're moderately good. You have to pay them, or you have to say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to suck for a year. You don't want to suck for a year because you don't want the fan base to turn against you. And also, you're not really owned wholly anymore. You're owned by a sports conglomerate. Also owns a Premier League team, so you're trying to keep. I mean, this is Tim Spiracy had on here. You're trying to keep the lights on. You're trying to keep you know revenue going up. Like if you didn't think Devers was the guy, you wouldn't have paid him that sort of money. And if you don't trust what you have in the minor leagues or your developmental program, it is paying this guy who has all leverage really what you want to do, or should you just? Maybe swing for the fences and just do a deal that's a little out of character for you. Now, I'm not saying they need to get wrapped up in the Korea sweepstakes because I don't think they would have ever paid that sort of money. But, like, pitchers are going around a lot now. And uh-huh. even folks that you would think are maybe at or just a little bit past their prime, World Series caliber, they're coming around. They got some other deals because they know they're just going to play meaningful minutes. They're just going to come out and relieve a couple of games or they'll be a closer. Where did we go? with the Red Sox in the past, like, five years, where team building was no longer, like, the the prime, the prime idea. 
Like, did we just get like fat and happy off of like the 2004 to 2010 range? We're like, oh, we can find diamonds in the rough anywhere. Oh, sure, we'll find another monkey bet. No, the fuck you won't. No, no that's won't. that's the problem. Is that that's the mindset that they're holding on to? Is that we'll just develop internally, and we've got this farm system that's going to continue to churn out great players that they're letting their marquee players walk to other teams and not pay them and that's that's what the that's what the devers contract home run has. Guys. yeah that's what the devers contract is about it's because if you let everybody including devers walk they're gonna burn down fenway so <laughs> devers was like the best of what we had left i mean he's he's a good player don't get me wrong he's a, he's a great player he deserved to get paid in some capacity he did defer a lot of his contract for, like, he took, like, a Bobby Manila-style contract where he deferred a lot of it, which kind of helps the team in some ways. But he's also going to get paid through, like, 2033, which is a long time for any any baseball player. But he won't be playing baseball. That I mean, 10 years from now, I doubt he'll be playing baseball. This is just the way they structured the, the, the contract. It's, 10 year, it's a 10-year contract. Problem is, if he gets injured and no longer plays, that's 10 years or 9 years or whoever long of, of like, dead contract money that's going to get floated out there. Uh, I just, I don't understand why the Red Sox will not open up the checkbook for premier talent, specifically in the pitching department, yeah, because... I, I don't get it. Every I really don't, and I don't even fucking, watch baseball that much. Yeah, every fucking year we do the same thing, where we think, we're just going to bring up some talent. It's going to be great. It'll we'll just we'll we'll build internally, and then you end up having to trade a couple of those guys away for like some mediocre players. They won't just spend money on an ace. We've done it only a couple times in history, or uh, not in history. We've only done it a couple times in the last like fifteen years. Chris Sale turned out to be potentially a bust unless he comes back from his like I don't know twenty eighth surgery and, and happens to play well. Um, but it's, that is the biggest area of opportunity year in and year out, yet we refuse to spend money. Then when you have guys like Mookie Betts or Xander Bogarts and you let them, JD Martinez, and you let them go, what are we doing here? Like, well, I don't understand what, what it is. What are we that, doing indeed? That I, yep. Yeah. I don't understand what it is that we're trying to accomplish by letting that happen. If we're not taking that savings and rolling it into another all-star player. Now, there's still some moves to be made. There's still an opportunity to, you know, turn something around. I'm sure there's ongoing conversations, but dude, another season with mediocre pitching, no matter what you do on the field, if your pitching's not going to keep you in games, what are we doing? What You're not doing? standing games. Yeah. I agree. Same thing. Well, yeah, yeah we, we, we started this episode pretty good. Let's, let's end this episode pretty good this, of the Stats Matter podcast. We are running out of out of uh, episodes here as we hurdle through the NFL postseason onto a much needed break. Yeah. Good vibes for the Celtics. Lose some games that don't matter. Win some games that matter because winning is not a quarterback stat. And for the Red Sox, like we're, we are now the personification of that meme where it's that stick figure with a stick like poking the other stick figure. Do something. Do something. Yeah. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Uh, shout out to the uh, Bruins for continuing their dominance. They are uh, almost 10 games ahead of the Maple Leafs, which is 
thoroughly impressive. You shouldn't have said that. And hockey. Said that. Wish you wouldn't have said that. Currently on a four-game streak. Uh, I think they could stumble a little bit and still do well. There's still a lot of hockey left. That they haven't closed this thing out by any means. We haven't even reached the halfway mark yet. But as it currently stands, uh, uh, big shout-out. The We talked about it last week, the, uh, the outdoor game. Incredible. Continue that on. Uh, and then one last big fuck you to Dylan Dennis because I hate that guy. That guy's such a fucking douchebag. <laughs> He's the guy, if you and don't know who he is, if, you, if you're like a super casual MMA fan, you know who that is, but you see anything on MMA, on Instagram, he's the guy in every comment section talking shit who hasn't had a fight in the UFC in forever, was going to fight the internet, like European YouTuber KSI, and then mm-hmm. backed out of it. And then shout out to Ariel Hawani. He went on his show and Ariel just called him out for being a liar. Long before he even backed out of the KSI fight. If you haven't seen that, look up Ariel Hawani. Mm-hmm. He runs like the MMA Hour. I apologize yep. for not knowing it's that. Great podcast. It's awesome. <clears throat> they recorded also and put it up, but he did not hold back at all and talked crazy. I mean, he talks crazy shit about Dana White, too, who's in the midst of his own fucked up shit. Rightfully yep. so. Um, but. Go check out his interview with uh, Dylan Dennis. Uh, it's just a fucking dumpster fire. I hate that guy. So, big fuck you to him. Shout out <laughs> to the other teams, though. Shout out to Ariel Hawani. For guy. sure. For sure. Incredible content creator, too. All right. That will do it for this episode of Stats Matter Podcast. Look, like, share, subscribe. Go get these beers, by the way. Go get these beers. I mean, they're, they're not there anymore. So, like, finally, except the soy sauce market, ginger but... one. Don't get that one. Despite except for the soy sauce ginger 3. one, three point eight. Fucking Which... idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna run look. Out I'll, look, I'll, 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 I will be like Sam gave it a three eight. This is gonna be great. I will. I will. Well, first of all, it's still on the shelf. It's like over a year and a half old, so it's probably not good. But you know what? I will do. I will go ahead and. Did you take a photo of the beer? By the way, your beer, my beer, the same beer. The same beer? No, no. The 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 beer that you took two sips of and tossed it down the drain. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make two posts when we put the episode up. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make the the typical Stassmeyer post, and I'm gonna put one up a, you know, after that and just say, "Have you had this beer? What would you rate it out of five? And I, I'm guaranteeing you, the majority of the folks are gonna say it's above a three. It's not a drain for two two steps. Like I'm I'm friend you guys if you guys say that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on to this. Yeah, I sent it to you. Uh, it's not great. And Sam's 3.8 scale is, is even worse. So, peace, everybody. Peace.